0: Hey everybody, welcome to the You Are Born for This Podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here as always with my dear sister friend Mary Kilfoyle. How are you?
1: I'm great, Father. How about you?
0: Uh we're raw. Yeah, we're a little sobered, aren't we? Yeah, it's been a challenging week on uh, a lot of fronts um, with some of the events in the news, and we want to talk a little bit about that, don't we?
1: Yeah, we do. So uh, today, um, Title of our conversation is Weep with Those Who Weep. And I would imagine there's uh, quite a few of us who have shed more than a few tears this week. So, Father, let's pray before we yeah, let's dive do that. in. In pray. the name
0: of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen.
0: Well, we just uh, pray right now, uh, not so much for ourselves uh, and for what we're about to talk about, but for those who are hurting right now. Uh, we pray for those who've lost their lives. Uh, In the attacks last week in Afghanistan, we pray for uh, the conversion of those who did those acts. We pray for the families who are grieving. We pray for the men and the women in the military whose uh, lives are in harm's way, and for the countless men, women, and children who are in danger in these days. Father, your son is the Prince of Peace. We pray uh, that he would do what only he can do, And bring peace, um, not just to the world generically, but into our hearts. And that you would continue to help us to understand how it is that we, as his disciples, are supposed to respond in times like this. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
1: So, Father, where does the title of today's episode come from?
0: Yeah, well, scripturally, it comes from Romans, right? Okay. So, you know, so we've been talking uh, almost incessantly since the uh, since the attacks last week uh, in Afghanistan about what had happened and um, praying, uh, celebrating Mass, uh, and just having some pretty lively conversation, right? About like, what do we do with this? How does right. a disciple respond? And so I've just been kind of diving back into the Word of God, which is where I always go when I'm trying to find out. How I'm supposed to react and respond? And the passage that kept coming to mind is um, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter twelve, verse fifteen, where Paul says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep." And clearly, there's a lot of people weeping right now. Right? Yeah,
1: this is this last week has been a, a season of of weeping. I, I think in a particular way. Um, uh, Steve, my my husband is a, is a former marine. The old line is, you know, one's a Marine, away's a Marine. But in particular way, just weeping over the, I think there were something like 12 or 13 U.S. servicemen uh, who were killed last week. And then something like 170 plus Afghanis who lost their lives. And so it has been a season for some tears.
0: Yeah, so we're weeping for them, and then we're we're weeping for the situation, which continues to be um, made known in different ways about the plight of our Christian brothers and sisters who live in Afghanistan and how uh, potentially they're in in tremendous danger right now. So um, there's lots of high emotions in these days, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think on a human level, I mean— suffering uh i remember one time i asked you about suffering and i said something like suffering doesn't feel good and you said that's why they call it suffering i believe and, so yeah. and there's been a range of emotions you know from anger at the loss of life and grief and sorrow and sadness and just a real heaviness of heart yeah. um, but but you have a way of contextualizing all of this father john
0: well so you know we talk often in our work in acts 29 that one of the one of the essential things that brings transformation is to recover a biblical worldview. We think it's the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes when we talk about that, we talk about the the need to recapture the core content of the gospel, right? The kerygma, technically. So which we we break into four words: created, captured, rescued, response. We've talked about that so many times, but that's not like the be-all, end-all the biblical worldview. We're, we're looking at uh, scripture to continually shape how we think about um events and the events of the past week have really called to mind for me how important it is to understand how scripture teaches that there's something like a double solidarity that exists between us as human beings right so there's there's a, a first solidarity that we all share um a common humanity right
1: right we're all sons and daughters of god
0: We're all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, right? Right. So we're all created in His image and likeness. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of ways you could say that. Sons and daughters of God made as an image and likeness uh, sprung from our first parents in the garden, right? Right. But then there's a second solidarity uh, that that we as Christians share by virtue of our baptism, which really makes us to be one body. You know, which is Mm -hmm. like, even as I say that, I'm thinking of that. Sappy song that sometimes we sing in the church, which I won't sing right now, so that people <laughs> won't start laughing. But you know, I, I'm afraid this imagery or this this reality has become an image for people. And this is not an image. This is a reality. We are, in fact, one, one body, body because of baptism. Right? Paul hammers this point home in lots of different places.
1: He does, and, and the line that comes to mind for me, Father John, is. Uh, uh, First Corinthians 12, 26, where Paul writes, if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. And, you know, we often talk about, you know, the, the reality of the communion of saints. And here we have the reality of that we are one body in Christ. And you literally feel that in your whole body and your mind and your soul, especially well, in a week like this week. Well,
0: we're supposed to. I don't know that we do. I mean, so th- that's part of the challenge, I think, for me, because I think as Americans, I don't think... We don't think this way. At least many of us don't. Some of us do, of course, right? But I think we're so programmed in so many different ways from what we read, how we think, how we're educated mm. to see ourselves as isolated, autonomous individuals with no uh, intrinsic organic. Mm. to almost anybody else. Like I'm my own man. I'm John Wayne. You know, I'm the John Wayne type. And that's, that is not biblical. That's not reality at all. Right. So then back to the the point of the the whole episode, as a disciple of Jesus, it it is right and appropriate for me right Mm -hmm. now to be weeping, um, both for those who've died and for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones, right? Right, Father John.
1: But as you always say, we, we, we can grieve with great hope.
0: Yeah, I mean, so Paul reminds us in, when he's writing to the church in Thessalonica, like, brothers and sisters, we would have you be clear about those who sleep so that you would not grieve like those who have no hope. Paul doesn't say, like, don't grieve. That would just be stupid. But don't grieve like those who have no hope. So we're not supposed to be grieving inconsolably right now, and we're certainly not to be grieving with some sort of, like, Man, I hope they get theirs. Whoever right. that they are, there because if I ever want them to get theirs, then God's going to give me mine, That's and that right. would be bad, right? right? So not without hope, not inconsolably, not vengefully, but nonetheless, really weeping, right? Right.
1: Father John, you were telling me earlier. Um, so you've encouraged uh, uh, us here at Acts Twenty Nine to pull Jesus of Nazareth back off our shelves.
0: Yeah, Benedict of sixteen. Yeah,
1: yeah, and um, and so you were reading that uh, over the last couple of days. And you, you came across this great piece that you want to share with us right now.
0: Yeah. It's it, so fitting. Oh gosh. It's just so apropos to everything, you know, again, not just to those who who died or who are grieving, but those who are in danger right now, maybe especially because of their faith in Jesus. So, um, he, he, he has this great, uh, not description commentary mm-hmm. on the parable of the good Samaritan. And at one point he says, um, He describes when the Samaritan, I'm not going to recount the story of the Good Samaritan. If you don't know this parable, have fun and open up the Gospel of Luke and go to it. Most of us know it um, probably too well, unfortunately. But anyway, he says, when the Samaritan sees the man who's been beaten and left for dead, quote, his heart is wrenched open. Mm. And seeing this man in such a state is a blow that strikes him viscerally touching his soul. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, I read that and I can see this man's heart mm-hmm. explode, right? Mm-hmm. And it just sat so heavy on me because that's where we are right now. And, right. and, and so it, it's appropriate for our hearts to be wrenched open and exploding right now. Um, again, not with anger, but with like compassion, like what do I do? And he, he goes on to talk about You know, like, let's apply this to the situation that we're living in right now in our world. This is a number of years years Mm ago when he wrote this book. But he he applies the parable to our age. And, uh, you know, the fact that you got victims of drugs, of human trafficking, of sex tourism, of inwardly devastated people, he says, who sit empty in the midst of material abundance. These people should be a concern to Mm -hmm. us. Now, i know you and the way i know you i mean like you stop wherever there's anybody who's in any kind of need it's one of the most beautiful things about you that anybody who knows you knows that the rest of us aren't like that Mm -hmm. at least not all the time like that's one of the most admirable Mm -hmm. gifts that you have Uh, and it's it's beautiful but unfortunately i don't think it's something again because oftentimes as maybe as an american or maybe as an american man I'm not led that way, even though I should be, right?
1: You know, Father John, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about the word compassion, you know, how how, um, how our hearts are broken open. I mean, that's compassion, hmm. right? And compassion means to suffer with, am I correct? Correct. I think that's, maybe we need to recapture the notion of what compassion literally means it means to suffer with and, and 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 certainly we're going to talk about you know ways we can walk with those who are suffering but I think that's at the heart of what moves that heart to be wrenched open it's because we're suffering with that person as if we're again going back to Paul's line right
0: yeah so even as you're talking I'm, I'm thinking of how many people in professions where they're doing tremendous care for people could be physicians could mm-hmm. be nurses could be uh, counselors, um, could be clergy, they're cautioned and advised, not always by any means, but often, be careful not to get attached. It's like, well, well that's not what not you mean? human Exactly, like, how do I not get attached? And so this is a very difficult thing to, to suffer with someone, to walk with them through hard times, especially right now through grief and loss. Right and yet not yourself be crushed by it
1: absolutely right and that's difficult absolutely. and so i
0: think that's why some people that we, we tend to go to one of two extremes we either like no way i'm not getting involved in that i don't want my heart to hurt again mm-hmm. or we get so immersed in it that we do get overwhelmed
1: right right so that that that's another conversation. And again, I you, think, you,
0: right? you, you have a beautiful way of, of navigating all that. You know, maybe just a final thought. I know um, we, we can get some action items maybe for us to think about for this week. But here's here's a last thought that's been kind of naggingly coming to mind for me this week as well, and it's it's sticking with this biblical worldview, uh, and it specifically has to do with the need for us as disciples of Jesus to pray for those who mm-hmm. govern us now. <laughs> I will be the first person to admit, I don't do this anywhere near as regularly as I should.
1: You know, Father John, I was thinking about that earlier today. You know, at Mass, uh, when we have the prayers of the faithful, there, there, there's an order to those prayers of the faithful. Mm. That's probably where I pray that in communion with everyone at Mass. But individually, in my own prayer time, I I don't do that. I think what my inclination is oftentimes is to complain, right? Or to react rather than to respond in prayer and really pray that our leaders would have this godly wisdom and surround themselves with godly people and all of that. So I'm right behind you. If I was to do a
0: side-by-side amount of time I spend praying for those who govern us versus in column B, amount of time that I spend, I, I, whether it's out loud or not, complaining, mm-hmm. moaning, mm-hmm. worse about those who govern us, it, it would not even be close and i'm i'm afraid it's it the, might be the same for most people
1: it's the stuff that take, we like take to confession <laughs> maybe maybe god bless oh, the Carmelites
0: god. and all those in cloisters who oh, are doing what gosh, we should we all are be doing right daily so, you know just a couple of texts right i mean there's there's a few that just jump off the page that we can share with people so and and keep in mind these are all going to come from um, people who are encouraging us to pray for leaders who we're going to be killed by those leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean this is Peter and Paul talking to us, point. right? Right. So Peter writes in 1 Peter 2, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God. So mm-hmm. again, there's there's a lot there. I mean I don't want to exegete this passage right now cuz that doesn't mean when there's you know, unjust laws or unjust governments or whatnot that you don't have an obligation to do something. And yet, this is Peter writing about Nero, Mm. (laughs) right? He was a pretty unjust emperor. So there's still something about a hierarchy, a structure, a governance, which is willed by God. That's why it's so crucial for us to pray for them that they will do it in a way that's in accord with how God established government, right? Right,
1: right. Um, Father, I'm thinking too of a passage in 1 Timothy 2, um, where he writes, first of all, then I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, he writes, and it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. It's,
0: it's just mm-hmm. echoing Peter again, right? This is good. This is pleasing. This is the will of God. Romans 13, you know, Paul says again, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. Jesus alludes to this in, when he's talking to Pilate, right? You would mm-hmm. have no, no authority. authority over me right. if it had not been granted to you from by above. Right. right. I mean, so all authority yeah. comes from God. There's no authority, Paul says, except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Right.
1: And Father John, maybe one more passage. Uh, this is, again, if, if, if you want to write these down, if you want to listen again and write these passages down and just take them to prayer. This last one from the third chapter of Titus, uh, verses one and two, it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers. Boy, do we have trouble with that <laughs> word or what? Okay. <laughs> remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient That's another tough one. To be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. Guilty. To avoid quarreling. (laughs) Doubly guilty. To be gentle. When's confession? (laughs) Once in a while. (laughs) And to show perfect courtesy toward not just some people, (laughs) he writes, but all people. Father John, I'm so convicted.
0: That's why the Word of God is a two-edged sword, right? It's sharper or sharper than any two-edged sword, able to penetrate between joint and marrow, because it exposes the thoughts of human hearts, and so I don't know about you, my my, my thoughts are just kind of like gushing out on the floor right now as I do that. So, okay, what can can we do this week?
1: Yeah, so um, clearly, um, probably most obviously, is, is to intentionally pray for those who are grieving. Um, whether they're the families of the soldiers um, or, or the Afghanis. Yeah. And, you know, Father John, a, a, as a mom and as a former military wife, um, I, I'm inclined to entrust those who were in situations like this to our blessed mother, right? Uh, under the title of Our Lady of Sorrows. And I think about Our Lady who knew the loss of a son, knew the loss of a husband, I knew what it was like to be a refugee when she fled to Egypt.
0: Oh, that's a great
1: insight. And um, so I was praying for our brothers and sisters today who, you know, are trying to get out of a very, very dangerous place just like she was. And, um, yeah, so maybe yeah, that, they were trying to kill her son. And we're trying to. Yeah. That's exactly right. So so that's maybe the that's first thing. That's a great
0: thing. insight. Yeah. So let's pray, let's pray for those who are grieving. Um, but certainly let's pray for those who've died, right? So let's just entrust and them, their uh, most especially for those of us who are able to get to Mass this week. Let's just lift them up and uh, commend them to our, our good Father.
1: Yeah, Father, maybe one more thing. because That, that prayer was so, uh, the exegesis from uh, Pope Benedict on the Good Samaritan. I love that line. Um, so maybe we can pray that the Holy Spirit would wrench open Right, wrench open our hearts for those around us in need, and that we would be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit when He prompts us to look outward to those that He's placed in our lives and to reach out to them and serve them in love.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, and, and here's the last thought: let's, uh, I'm, 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 I feel so convicted to do this. Let's just intentionally pray every day this week mm. for those who govern us at every level. Right. Um, most especially that God will give them the gift of wisdom. But I I came across this prayer uh, not too long ago. Scott Hahn uh, has it in his uh, commentary on the uh, letter to the Romans in a beautiful uh, commentary series, the Catholic commentary on sacred scripture. And maybe this is a a fitting way to end. So we can just pray this for those who govern us. This again, written by a man um, who's killed by the man he's praying for. (laughs) Um, by having an anchor tied around his neck.
1: So this was a prayer of Pope Clement, is that right?
0: Yeah, Pope St. Clement uh, I, who dies uh, near the end of the first century. So he says, Give harmony and peace to us and to all who dwell on the earth, just as you did to our ancestors when they reverently called upon you in faith and truth, that they may be saved, while we render obedience to your almighty and most excellent name, and to our rulers and governors on earth. You, master, have given them the power of sovereignty through your majestic and inexpressible might so that we, acknowledging the glory and honor that you have given them, may be subject to them, resisting your will in nothing. Grant to them, Lord, health, peace, harmony, and stability so that they may blamelessly administer the government that you have given them. For you, heavenly master, king of the ages, give to human beings glory and honor and authority over the creatures upon the earth. Lord, direct their plans according to what is good and pleasing in your sight, so that by devoutly administering in peace and gentleness the authority that you have given them, they may experience your mercy. May the week ahead be one drenched with God's grace and peace, and in the meantime, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.